InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Americans today have access to many pleasures, drugs, food, social media, and much more. But one expert says too much indulgence can have a dark side, leading to pain. With the story, here's InfoTrack's Gina Tedesco. Gina? Thanks, Chris. Joining us now is Dr. Anna Lemke, Medical Director of Stanford Addiction Medicine and Program Director for the Stanford Addiction Medicine Fellowship. She's out with the book Dopamine Nation, Finding Balance in an Age of Indulgence. Dr. Lemke, your main concept seems to be that as people pursue pleasure, they may wind up with pain instead. Can you very briefly summarize how that happens? Sure. The same parts of the brain that process pleasure also process pain, and they work like opposite sides of a balance. So if you imagine that in your brain there's a teeter-totter, like in a kid's playground, when we do something pleasurable that tilts to the side of pleasure, we release dopamine, the pleasure neurotransmitter, in our brain's reward pathway, and we feel good. But one of the overarching rules governing that balance is that it wants to remain level. And it does that by first tilting an equal and opposite amount to the side of pain before going back to a level balance. I imagine that as these little neuroadaptation gremlins hopping on the pain side of my balance to bring it level again, but they like it on the balance. So they stay on until it's tipped an equal and opposite amount to the side of pain. That's the come down, the hangover, the after effect. Eventually, though, if I wait, they get off and my balance is restored. So it's really important to understand that for every pleasure, we pay a price, and that price is pain. So if people are pursuing dopamine and its effects, are they basically chasing the wrong thing? They are basically chasing the wrong thing because those sorts of intense but very fleeting pleasures have a cost. And that cost is the come down. And importantly, with repeated exposure to the same or similar reward, that initial response to the side of pleasure gets weaker and shorter, but the after response gets stronger and longer. In other words, the balance remembers and those neuroadaptation gremlins will accumulate with repeated exposure and eventually will end up with so many gremlins camped out on the pain side of our balance that we're walking around in a state of constant semi-withdrawal. And the universal symptoms of withdrawal from any addictive substance are anxiety, irritability, insomnia, depression, and craving. And you advise us not to avoid suffering. That seems counterintuitive. Well, just like the gremlins will hop on the pain side of the balance when we indulge in pleasure, it's also true that when we do things that are hard, whether they're physically painful or psychologically uncomfortable, then those gremlins hop on the pleasure side of the balance in order to bring us back to a level state. So in other words, a better way to get our dopamine, which is our pleasure neurotransmitter, is to do things that are hard, which tricks our body into thinking that it needs to make more dopamine and it upregulates that neurotransmitter as well as other feel-good neurotransmitters and hormones like norepinephrine, serotonin, our endogenous opioid system, and our endogenous cannabinoid system. Dopamine has been called by many people that happy hormone in our brains, but isn't dopamine, let's drill down here, isn't it less about enjoyment specifically and more about feelings of desire and wanting? 
There's a very famous experiment that took mice and engineered them so that they would have no dopamine. And what the scientists discovered is when they put food in the mouse's mouth, the mouse would eat and seem to enjoy the food. But if they put the food even a single body length away, the mouse would starve to death. In other words, dopamine is really, really important for the experience of motivation, which is the work that we're willing to do to go get our reward. It's also important for pleasure, but it may be even more important for motivation. And back to this idea of pleasure and pain, would you go so far as to say we need equal amounts of pleasure and pain to maintain balance? What I would say is that desire is natural and good. We wouldn't be human if we didn't have desire, and it's okay to indulge now and then. But what we need to avoid is constantly indulging in very highly reinforcing intoxicants, because that is what ends up tilting our pleasure-pain balance chronically to the side of pain. I would also say for a healthy and balanced dopamine levels, we need to do things that are hard and thereby trick our bodies into producing more dopamine, which is a better and indirect way to get our dopamine rather than through indulging in intoxicants. We're visiting with Dr. Anna Lemke, Medical Director of Stanford Addiction Medicine. Her latest book is Dopamine Nation, Finding Balance in the Age of Indulgence. So the book tackles all sorts of addictions, such as the Internet, food, sex, and more. What is the first step to achieving this healthy balance in our lives? The first step is acknowledging that we have an addictive or conflicted relationship with a substance or behavior and really being honest with ourselves and or with others about how we're using that substance, how much, how often. What can also be useful in that context is trying to figure out why we use it. I know that I got addicted to romance novels as a form of numbing myself in order to escape. But it's also important to be honest with ourselves and others about the problems that our use is causing. And in my case, again, it was I was more distracted in my role as a mother and a wife and also as a psychiatrist. And since I value being good at those things, it was important for me to get a hold of my own compulsive overconsumption. And then the important next step, and this is the most vital step, is a period of abstinence from our drug of choice for 30 days. Why 30 days? Because that's probably the average amount of time it takes to reset reward pathways and for those neuroadaptation gremlins to hop off the balance and for us to be able to enjoy other more modest rewards and not be in the constant state of craving. And after we've achieved that month, then we can reassess and decide whether we want to continue to abstain or go back to using in moderation. So getting the drug out of the house would be a literal barrier. What is a metacognitive barrier? Metacognitive barrier is, for example, being aware of what kinds of things trigger our craving for a drug and getting rid of those things as well. So for example, for me, I noticed that when I listened to certain types of music, I had a craving to read romance novels. So in my month of abstinence, I decided not to listen to that type of music. My patient who was addicted to video games, he realized that anytime he watched YouTube videos, that would make him want to watch videos of people playing video games. And so when he was trying to abstain, he decided that he would not just eliminate video games, but also eliminate YouTube videos for that month. So those are ways of creating these sort of categorical metacognitive barriers so that we can optimize our chances of being able to go the full 30 days. 
Lots of parents listening here may worry that they can't get their kids to put the phone down and interact with people face to face. Is the approach different for treating children with these addictions as compared to adults? Not really. What I recommend to families is that first parents look at their own device use and really try to be honest with themselves about how to change that so they can model better practices for their kids. And then to open up a discussion with their children and as a family about how incredibly difficult it is to manage our consumption of these digital devices, how we're all in this together, but how we can support each other to use the devices in a way that's healthy and not harmful. And then I recommend as a family taking digital detoxes or tech holidays that can be done as part of a family vacation or just setting a time as a family when devices will only be used for the required purposes but not for the purposes of escaping entertainment intoxication and reward and really being in that together and then also together creating communal activities that are not online activities as a rewarding alternative to being on our devices separately and sort of getting lost in the virtual metaverse Dr. Anna Lemke, author of Dopamine Nation, Finding Balance in the Age of Indulgence. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. For InfoTrack, I'm Gina Tedesco. You're listening to InfoTrack, a production of Syndication Networks of Chicago.